Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Balanced Birth and Beyond podcast. I'm Olivia, your host, and on this podcast, we will talk about everything related to the journey to conceive, pregnancy, labor, birth, postpartum, parenthood, and beyond. This is a safe space where birth professionals, birthing people, expected parents, and partners can come on and share their knowledge or personal experiences with our listeners. The goal of this podcast is to create connections, share stories, information, and resources to educate and empower people in their own personal journey. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Healthy Balance Birth and Beyond podcast. This week, we are going to be doing a solo episode with just me. I haven't done one of these with you guys in a while, and I've had a lot of incredible guests that I'm super, super thankful for to have these beautiful conversations and open up discussions about the topics that we have chatted about. But I wanted to start using my voice a little bit more. I wanted to start sharing with you guys some of the things that have been weighing on my heart and my soul, especially with the world that we're living in right now. And based on my experiences as a mother, based on the things that I have been learning and researching and reading about and processing, I wanted to talk about breaking generational parenting patterns. This is a topic that I feel is very, very important, and I don't think that enough people talk about it, and I don't think that enough people realize how much the way that they were parented impacts their life, impacts their relationships, and then in turn impacts the way that they choose to parent their children. So... The first thing that I want to say is that the way that we respond to our children deeply, deeply matters. We are the first people that they look look to for comfort, for support, and in order for us to properly support them, we need to realize that they are tiny little beings that deserve to be respected, and they are tiny little beings that are figuring their way out in this world. So we often forget as adults in our day-to-day life and busyness that the things that we do with our babies and with our children can be very overwhelming and overstimulating for them because sometimes we forget that they are these tiny little beings whose brains are growing and developing at a rapid rate and certain things that may not seem like it's a lot or a big deal to us is a big deal to them. So if we're not communicating with them or allowing them to communicate with us, then we're doing a disservice to everybody involved. When babies are little, they don't have words, right? So the only way that they know how to communicate with us is through crying. And if we're not picking up or paying attention to what their different crying cues are or when they are triggered by something, we are not going to know how to best support them. So paying attention to those things and being in tune with your baby and also making sure that you as a parent know what these things are is incredibly important for yourself and your baby, obviously. So I began reading books on parenting when Lula was a newborn. I had also had an idea in my mind before she was born about the way that I would like to parent her, and it was very different than the way that I was parented. And that's not saying 
that there's anything wrong with the way that my parents chose to parent me. It was based off of the way that they were parented. And we have to realize that everybody grows up in different households with different family dynamics and different styles of parenting. So before your baby's born, I would definitely recommend looking into parenting styles and chatting with your partner, if there's one in the picture, about those things um, because it's incredibly important for you within your relationship and it's incredibly incredibly important for you as a parent and your baby. Infants and toddlers often have these big, in quotation marks, emotions because they don't have words to express how they're feeling or maybe they don't know how they're feeling or maybe they can't tell us that they are hungry or that they have an itch on their back or that they have a poopy diaper or that they're just uncomfortable or that they just want a hug. So it's our job as parents to pick up on these things and to help them express those things and to provide support for them. One of the books that I was reading is called How We Love. It's written by uh, Milan and Kay Yurkovich and it's talking about our love style and our love style begins when we are an infant and when we're in our young and early childhood years and it's based on the way that our parents respond to us and one of the quotes that i wanted to share with you guys is we are not born knowing how to understand and express what is inside of our souls and this is so true especially as children especially as children because we come into this world and we don't know what all of these things are we don't know what these really really loud sounds are or bright lights or overstimulating toys or colors or new people or smells there's so many different things that are not taken into consideration when it comes to being a newborn being a toddler and people don't realize the ways that these little things that well they may seem little to us but they're not little to our children and so paying attention to what triggers them or what makes them upset in certain situations is key to figuring out how to best support your baby and how to show them that you are there and that you're listening and that you care and you're responding to them. Once you become a parent, there may be things that come back up from your old from your old <laughs> from your own childhood that you had forgotten about experiences that you had just put in the back of your mind and never processed or ignored or genuinely just didn't think about. And then when you're a parent, they may come back up and you're wondering why, or they may come back up and they're triggering you or upsetting you, or your child is doing something that triggers or upsets you. And so here at this point in time, if this is happening with you as a new parent, it could be for a lot of reasons. It could be because you never processed it fully. It could be because you're sleep deprived. It could be because you don't have enough support. Or it could just be because you're a new parent and being a new parent to a newborn is really hard. So let's be real there and let's not pretend like it's the easiest thing in the world because it's not. And when you become a new parent, not only are you transitioning into that role of being a single individual I mean, you could be married, I mean, just one person, and then you grow a baby, and then you have this baby. So you're transitioning from your role as, as a person into a mother, and 
you are transitioning within your relationship. You are learning how to take care of yourself as a mother. You are learning how to take care of a new tiny being. And so if there are certain things that are showing up for you, we have to talk about why those are show, why those things are showing up for you. What is making you upset? Why is that triggering you? Is there something that you need to process that you haven't processed that you forgot about that has just been in your subconscious since you were a child? Is there a way that you were parented that was not allowing you to fully express your emotions that taught you to keep everything bottled up inside. And we see this in day-to-day life. We see this in our society. It is so, so present in the way that people react, the way that people respond. Uh, You see it in relationships, whether it's an intimate relationship, a romantic relationship, a friendship, a work relationship, a family relationship. You can see how the way that people are parented growing up impacts them and impacts every aspect of their life. And so we need to talk about these things. This needs to be a topic of conversation. And if the way that you were parented is not aligning with the way that you want to parent, you have the opportunity to change that. It's up to you. If there were behaviors that you were shown as a child that you do not agree with, that does not align with you, and you don't want to do the same thing with your children, you don't have to. It is your choice. And it may be really, really difficult when it comes to making that choice because it may not be deemed the norm in air quotes. It may not be seen as the societal norm. And you know what? That is okay. That is totally okay. Because at the end of the day, what works best for you, what works best for your family, and what works best for your baby is what matters. And if you're trying to do something that you know is going to positively impact your child, do it. I'm going to say this and it might sound ridiculous, but do you, boo. Just do it. Because You are the one who knows your baby best. You know what's best for you. You know what's best for your baby. And you also know the ways in which your, the way that you were parented has shown up in your life and how it's impacted you, whether it was positively or negatively. So taking that into consideration and following that and following your intuition, following your gut, whatever it's telling you is what you should go with. It's easier said than done to put aside the opinions and the judgments and the criticisms. Believe me, I know I've received them as a new mother and it's hard. It's really, really hard. But I know that there were opinions that were given to me that literally went against everything that I believe in as a mother. Um, And I think I've shared it on the podcast before specifically about crying it out. Um, I was advised by my parents that it it might suck for a little while, but in the end, it'll be fine. And me having the confidence and the courage to look at them and say, that literally goes against everything that I believe in. And I'm not going to be doing that was really difficult. It wasn't an easy conversation to have because then your parents start thinking, oh my God, does my child think that I parented them horribly? And that's not what it's about. It's not about you did this wrong. You did that wrong. It's about tuning into your child, tuning into you, and doing what's best for your family. And so I'm excited to open up this conversation. I hope that there are more people that are talking about this and breaking up these generational parenting styles and patterns and behaviors is important in everyone's overall health, mental health, physical health, emotional health, all around.
So when I became a new mom, there were things that were coming up for me and I couldn't figure out why and I didn't know why. So I decided to go back to therapy to dive into this and to do some internal work to figure out why these things were upsetting me. And a lot of the time, it's not easy to realize that there are certain things that trigger you and then kind of follow the path backwards to figure out why they trigger you or to figure out why you have these behaviors that you, in every day-to-day life, why are they showing up? Why are you behaving this way? Why, 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 why? And the only way to figure them out is to slow down, process them, and reflect on it. And so I realized that as a mom, I had a lot of internal work that I needed to do, and I still have a lot of work that I need to do. I don't think that internal work ever goes away. I think it's a process. And in order to show up better for yourself um, and to show up better as a parent and to show up better for your friends, your family, we have to be doing this work. And a lot of the time people can be afraid of doing this work or feel intimidated because they may feel like it's going to bring up things from their past that they don't want to process or they don't want to talk about. And that's completely normal. But deciding that it is something that will benefit you and it also gives you a chance to rediscover yourself. It's all about self-discovery. It's all about figuring things out. And we live in a society that, I don't know, I don't know how to fully express how frustrating it is to live in a society that deems the way that I've chosen to parent my daughter as abnormal or not the societal norm. It's really, it's hard because I'm sitting here looking at my daughter and I'm seeing her healthy and thriving based on the way that I've chosen to parent her, which is all about attachment parenting. And it's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about attachment parenting. There are many, many different ways to earn different titles. So attachment parenting, um, gentle parenting, respective parenting, responsive parenting, is not seen as the norm in our society. And I know in past generations with our parents and our grandparents, it was kind of just looked at as you tell your kids what to do and that's just how it goes. And it's not taking the baby's feelings into consideration. It's not taking your, your child's thoughts, feelings, emotions into consideration. And why, why, why is that, why is that deemed the norm? Why, has it been deemed normal for us to not be respectful of our children and not be respectful of their feelings and not take them into consideration when it comes to moving from one activity to another in day-to-day life? It's important for them to understand it. And actually, if when you do that and you communicate with your children, it makes it easier for everybody because when you're communicating with them and you're involving them in their schedule and their decision-making, it helps them with with transitions. It makes them feel respected and heard as they grow up. And you know what? A lot of the time, if you do that with your kids and you communicate with them before you go do something, you ask them questions about how they're feeling about it, that shows them that you are taking them into consideration, that you are listening to them, that you are giving them choices, that they have the choices to make in a day-to-day situation. For example, if you're talking about which, what kind of shoes do you want to wear today? Do you want to wear your boots or do you want to wear your sneakers? Or 
Do you want to wear your purple jacket or do you want to wear your blue jacket? Simple little things like that show our babies that we're thinking of them, that we're giving them options, that we're giving them choices, and they deserve to have those choices. I mean, for me personally growing up, it was, okay, we're leaving, put your shoes on, let's go, that's it. It wasn't, okay, giving them a time frame of when you're leaving or discussing what you were going to be doing or discussing where you were going to be going, who you were going to be seeing. When you do this with your children, it helps them with transitions and it also can help avoid mental breakdowns or temper tantrums as they call them. And I don't think people realize the importance of involving your children. It's so important and they're, they deserve to be respected. There are tiny little loves, there are tiny little beings and we need to respect them. So they grow up realizing that they are worthy of respect. They are worthy of love. They are worthy of being involved in decision-making in their day-to-day life in an, in, and in relationships. So I like to always give this example um, when we're talking about the way that we need to respect our children and the way we need to take them into consideration. I know I keep saying take them into consideration, but I think that's one of the best ways to say it. Um, Imagine if as an adult, you were in the middle of doing something you enjoyed, whether it was painting or dancing or heck, even working and someone came in and dragged you away from what you were doing without explaining what was happening or without asking you how you felt about it. You would probably be like, okay, what the hell is going on? I was in the middle of doing that. Why are you taking me away from that? And why do you think that it's okay to do that without talking to me about it? Why is that same mindset not provided or not applied to how our children are treated? It just, it seems so silly to me. And it's important to think about our children because when we don't do that, we're creating situations where not only are we showing them that how they feel or whatever emotions they have going on don't matter because moving on to the next thing is more important, but we are also not respecting them and our children are worthy of respect. And if we don't provide them with that, they're going to go throughout their life in relationships thinking that they're not worthy of making decisions or not worthy of respect. And this may sound a little intense, but I think that the bottom line is that we need to be respectful of our babies and we need to be respectful of their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions and supporting them through their emotions and showing them that we are there to hold space for them is so so important to their overall development and is so important when it comes to the way that they view themselves in the world babies and children are not robots they're tiny little beings and they have their own thoughts feelings and emotions and i don't know who decided that babies and children need to know how to self-soothe? Who need to be super independent? Why does this mindset exist? Who created all of these unrealistic expectations for babies? For example, their need for physical contact when they're infants. They're, they always want to be held. It's for a reason. And also, I'm going to put a little side note in here about the unrealistic expectations about infant sleep because people talk about 
how their baby's constantly waking and their baby should be sleeping X amount of time. And it's just absolutely insane. And I could go on and on about that, but I have had podcast episodes about that and plan to have more. So that will be coming soon. Anyways, I want to touch on the importance of physical touch as humans Not only do we crave this, but we need this. And it is especially, especially important with infants, newborns, and children, especially in our early childhood years. There's a study that I did some research on in college about kangaroo care. And this can be also referred to as skin-to-skin contact. And a lot more people are, are more mindful of that, especially after birth nowadays than they used to be. But this study on kangaroo care had to do with preemies and how there were, I'm not sure if it was parents or volunteers or people who just came in and they did skin to skin with these preemies, with these babies and these preemies who were struggling to be healthy and struggling to thrive. And the skin to skin contact that these people provided these babies with helped them thrive, helped them get better in in every single situation. And so I think that we forget that our babies, what before they're born, they're used to being in our womb. They're used to being in there for eight, nine months. And they're used to being snuggled and nice and warm and having food whenever they want it without having to communicate with us by crying. They're used to listening to your heartbeat. They're used to your daily motions. And then when they're born, they come into this this loud, bright world and maybe it might be cold probably cold for them too if you think about it and they don't know what this is the only thing that they know is you you are their home you are their home and so when they're newborns of course they're going to want to be with you 24 7 of course they're going to want to be with in your arms and believe me i understand i i've been here i get it it can be extremely hard it can be a lot to have to hold your baby 24-7 where you need sleep as a mother or you need to do things like dishes or you want to use your hands for other things. I I get how hard it is. And I think this is also where I'm going to put a little plug in for postpartum doulas and the importance of creating a postpartum plan to have support for yourself when baby is born is super, super important. But that's not the point of this podcast. It's just important to remember that our babies, they need this physical touch. And a lot of people don't really think of mothers holding their babies 24-7 as work, in air quotes. But honestly, I feel that it is the most important work. And not only is it beneficial for you as a mother, but it's also beneficial for your baby because all of the oxytocin is flowing, the love, the oxytocin is flowing between you and your baby And also holding them, like I was talking about with the preemies and the studies on the preemies and kangaroo care, holding them helps them thrive. It helps them feel safe. It helps them feel comforted. And being wrapped up in their mom's arms where they're used to your smell and just being in their home, that's what they're used to. This is so, so important to them. And so we need to take this into consideration. Just like we're talking about our baby's feelings, thoughts, emotions, we need to take into consideration that sometimes they might just want a hug. And so moving into what attachment parenting and attachment theory is based on, I wanna share a bit more about it. It is based on a child's bond with their primary caregiver. 
and our experiences growing up, both good and bad, can leave lasting imprints on us and can leave can make an impact on us in, like I said earlier, in every aspect of our lives, within all of our relationships, and then within the way that we hold ourselves in the world, within the way that we look at ourselves, the way that we think about ourselves. There were a few questions in some of the books that I was reading. One of them was, can you recall being comforted as a child after a time of emotional distress? When you were upset, were you told, don't cry or you're okay? When you fell down, were you told to brush it off or to be brave? Even if we as adults might not think that these things are a big deal, tripping and falling, I mean, if you think about it, right? If we saw one of our friends as an adult trip and fall, our first immediate response would be, are you okay? We wouldn't say, you're okay, if they were upset. If they tripped and fell and they got upset and they were crying, we wouldn't say to them, brush it off, you're okay. So why are we saying this? to our young children, our young impressionable children, our children who need to be supported and told are it's okay to get upset when you when you fall down and you get hurt. It's okay to need a hug. It's okay to just want to cry for a few minutes if you're scared. Maybe that fall was scary. Maybe it was something that they've never experienced before. So again, this is where their thoughts, feelings and emotions need to be taken into consideration and they need to know that you as their caregiver understand that. However, if this was not the way that you were parented, you may not think about this. So this is why I think looking into parenting styles and going to therapy and exploring the way that you were raised has such a big impact on who you are as an adult and also has an impact on the way that you choose to parent your children. So it's important to hold space for our children so they feel that they can open up to us and know that we'll be there to support them through whatever feelings or emotions that they have, or simply to comfort them, simply to give them a hug, simply to just hold them for a few minutes and make them feel safe again. If we don't allow our children to express themselves or to come to us when they are upset, what is that gonna teach them? What are they gonna learn to do? They're gonna learn to bottle up their emotions. They're gonna learn that they shouldn't talk to us or try and share with us when they're feeling upset or they're just going to completely shut down and I've seen this I've I've been it's happened with me and so this is why having these conversations that may seem difficult is so important in the long run because it will help you become a better person it will help you show up better for yourself it will help you better understand the people in your life and why they are the way that they are and reading these books and going to therapy, I've, I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about my parents. I've learned so much about the people in my life and why they behave the way that they do. It's helped me better understand things on so many different levels. And I think that as parents, we owe that to our children and we also owe it to ourselves. But yes, the way that we respond to our children is going to carry with them throughout their lives and into their relationships as adults and as they grow up. And I think it's important to remember that when we're children, our families are taking care of us and they are the first and most important sources of information about the way we view ourselves and about the world that we live in. And so it's important that we learn how to think and feel about ourselves and what we are to expect from others. 
And the way that we do this is by looking at our parents. Our parents are our role models. We look to them for how they react. We look to them for how they respond. We look to them for how they behave. So one of the ways we learn from our parents is by receiving the messages from their behavior. So the messages we receive from our parents become the information that we use about ourselves and our position in the world for the rest of our lives. So I want to talk about how people sometimes say no or bad because we don't want to teach our children that they are bad. It's just this outdated mindset that drives me absolutely crazy. For example, when you have heard a parent say, no, bad, don't do that, when it's something like spilling milk or getting dirty or breaking a lamp or something like dumping a whole thing of Q-tips in the toilet, which, side note, I did as a child. Children don't know what these things mean. They don't understand. And why is it bad to spill milk or get dirty or break something by accident? Or, like I said, dump Q-tips in the toilet. We don't know that that's going to cause damage to a plumbing system. We don't know that that lamp may have been expensive. Why would we yell at somebody for spilling something? As an adult, if you spill something, what do you do? You clean it up. If you were in a situation where you were with your friends and they spilled something, would you yell at them for that? Would you tell them they were bad for doing that, for, for doing something accidentally? It just seems so silly to me that we have this mindset for adults, that we respect adults, but we don't respect our children. It drives me crazy because we're teaching them that they're bad for doing things by accident or for getting dirty and playing and being children. We have to let children be children. We have to let them make their own mistakes. We have to let them experience things. We have to let them decide how they feel about things. We have to include them in conversations and decision-making and choices and the day-to-day life. We have to let them talk to us. And they also need to know that we're going to be there to support them through these things, to listen. We want our children to feel heard. We want our children to feel respected. And I'm going to say it again, this is so, so important because it's going to impact every part of their life as they grow up. It's going to impact how they view themselves, how how they view the world, how they respond and behave in relationships. And as parents, all of our behavior sends out messages to our children. And so we may do something, for example, that... We may get mad at them for something because it brings up something within us and it triggers us and we may yell at them or snap at them. But if as parents we can come down from that and A, understand why we're responding that way, but then B, apologize for that. Because a lot of the time when parents react or respond quickly to their babies in situations, it's, it has nothing to do with the baby or the child. It has to do with what's going on in their own life. If they're stressed that day, if they're overtired, if they just need a break or if they just, if, hey, you know what? Maybe you need a hug as an adult. Maybe you need someone there to support you. This is again where I'm talking about the importance of feeling supported. Not only do babies and children need that, but parents need that. Adults need that. We all need that. And so being that model for your children that we're only human and 
we make mistakes and we can apologize for that and that they deserve to be respected too. It's going to show them so, so much about themselves and the world and how they should be treated within relationships. And it is just, I don't even know how many times I've said it. It's just so, so important because our children are dependent on us, especially in their early childhood years. And from infancy to five, our children are like sponges soaking in all of the information, this new information in our world and also soaking in the way that they view themselves, the way that they feel in the world, the way that they express themselves. We, it's our job as parents to help them do this. And a lot of the time that may not be feasible for people because they A, don't think about it or B, it was not the way that they were parented. But that's why it's so important to do internal work. That's why journaling and therapy and talking about how you feel is so important. So, so important. There are so many things that are so important and I'm going to keep saying it because you need to be loud about what matters. These things matter. There are so many artificial, superficial things in this world that are taking precedence over what really, really matters. And I want to bring more attention to the things that really matter. I spend a lot of time talking about things in the birth space and pregnancy. And now I want to open up conversations about postpartum and motherhood and parenthood and our mental and emotional health and why we need to teach our children and support our children so they are able to do this as they grow up, as they become adults. It's all about, it's not just about what works for you and what's best for you, but if we are diving into these things and discussing these things and processing these things, it's going to benefit everybody. It's going to benefit everyone who's involved. And so I feel like I've gone on about a couple of different things, but it all ties into this and it all ties into tuning into yourself, listening to your instincts as a mother, as a person, doing the internal work, supporting yourself, finding that support if you need it. If you feel like you've been needing to go to therapy, we need to get rid of this therapy stigma. Everybody could use therapy. Everybody can benefit from therapy. Even when you don't think you need therapy, you probably still need therapy. Um, But it's just important. And I know I've said the word important many times, but it's important. It really, really is. And I am hoping that everyone who's listening along to this podcast this episode specifically is now sitting and thinking and reflecting, or maybe after they listen to this, they can sit and think and reflect about the ways that they are showing up in their own life, their own feelings that they have about themselves based off of their own childhood experiences, based off of the way that they were parented. And I want to remind people that it's okay to not want to parent your children the way that you were parented. If you don't want to do that, you don't have to. It's up to you. It's your choice to do things differently. And we may have judgments thrown at us or opinions thrown at us, but it does not matter. Because if you are if you know that you're doing what's best for you and your baby and your family within your heart, that's all that matters. So I just want to thank you all for listening along to this episode. I hope it was something that was helpful for you guys. As always, if you enjoy any of the episodes that I share, whether it's solo episode with me, whether it's an episode with a guest, if any of these things align with you, if you feel compelled to share them with other people, if you think that they will benefit other people, 
please, please, please share them. Take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories, post about it on Instagram, or leave a review. A review is so, so helpful in helping this podcast reach other people. So thank you all so, so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.